Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 hi. I am, of course, your host, Mark Kuznez, and today I've got a few games to talk about, a TV show. I don't think there have been any movies. No, I haven't watched any movies. None of that. No news. And uh, a singular, a singular Patreon question this episode. Not two or three or four or five, but one. And it's not from Wanster, because Wanster's not a patron, and therefore his questions don't matter. And your questions don't matter, unless you're a patron. You want to ask a question? Join the patron. <laughs> Sucker. I got him. I got him. This is where I get the money. Um, But uh, yeah, new episode. I want to say it's going to be a short episode this time. But we all know how much of a fucking liar I am when I say that. Jesus Christ. Said that last time. Ended up being one of the longest to date. But I feel like this one's going to be shorter. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, we only got the one question. We only got the one question from the great as always Jedi. Who we can always count on for great questions and questions. Alright. Anywho. Uh, before we get on to what I've been playing. There's a little TV show I've been watching. So... I never even really heard of this series before. Maybe I had and just never paid much attention or whatever. I, I don't remember it. But it's a show from the late 60s, 1967 to be exact. A British show by the name of The Prisoner. And why I decided to check this out was that I was looking at a few lists of the greatest sci-fi shows of all time. And this one... This one cropped up around the top, in some cases at the very top, as being one of the very best. And I was like, what is this? And so I, I saw if it was available streaming anywhere. It is available in many places. Many of the various services that are free with ads, so Tubi and FreeV, I think it's called, via Amazon. I think you don't need to watch that via Amazon, but that's like the free channel available on Amazon, which is how I've been watching it. I am 10 episodes in, and I'm enjoying it, but it is it is very, very weird. It is all about the mystery. You're going to start it if, if you decide to watch it, and I do recommend it if you're a fan of mysteries and being in the dark and wondering what is going on and just trying to figure things out on your own and don't need answers because I 10 episodes in this is only a 17 episode series I still don't really know what I mean I, I know what is going on but I don't feel like we've made any progress towards learning more about the situation and my one concern would be I don't know if We'll be getting a satisfying conclusion. However, though, etc. I don't think unless they really pull up Game of Thrones or some shit. That an unsatisfying ending will be that big of an issue. Because I'm, I'm enjoying the ride. It is so fucking weird though. It is so weird. I think if you're a fan of stuff like Twin Peaks, you'll enjoy this because... There's so much 
craziness happening. Every episode feels kind of like its own episode of the Twilight Zone. It feels very Twilight Zone-y, but there is a grand story at play as well. So it's not just isolated episodes that don't tie into one another. There's still an actual narrative throughout, but each episode does feel like its own thing and its own little little mystery in addition to the big mystery at play. It's just one of the persistent things throughout the series is this giant, like human size, latex balloon ball thing that slowly chases after. I don't even know if it's really chasing after the main character, but it seems to zap the energy from him when it's within his vicinity. And if it catches up to him, it envelops him, and then the the scene will cut, transition to a close-up of the main dude's face, and then this latex material being stretched over his face, and him stretching through it like a baby being birthed, a human baby being birthed through the whatever, that, that layer, and it's just like, this is fucking, this is weird, what is this shit, why is this ball coming after him? I don't I don't know this is it almost feels like if you've seen it follows and and that whole thing where the monster of that could be following after you and you, you just don't know who they are but they come at you at just like a, a regular pace they're never running or anything like that they'll just be like a granny walking at you you don't you don't know who it is in this case you know that it's this giant ball but it's just it's so slow moving and you look at it you're like this thing's never going to catch me. Why am I scared of this thing? But it, it gets him, and it's because it's zapping the energy. But also, there's there's plenty of, like, what is going on here? Things uh, and, and everything. But then there's this, this giant ball that is extra. It's just extra. The kids say, you know, things are extra. That ball is extra, and I don't know what the fuck's with that fucking ball. But uh, I'm, I'm enjoying The Prisoner. It's a fun show to watch. It's got some great art direction and great score. Some like it's it's very well put together. It looks pretty good too. You know, there are cases where older shows, either on the free services or whatever the the remasters or the masters they use are of a low quality. These are not so. Even on these free services, it looks pretty good. It did get a Blu-ray release, which is not cheap. I looked into and man. But uh, yeah, The Prisoner is very good. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. So yeah, check that out. Check that out. I did finish The Watchmen, which was fan-fucking-tastic. Watched it over two days. Absolutely loved it. The people who complain or are upset about it not getting a second season after ending on a supposed humongous cliffhanger that just demands a second season I, I did not feel that at all after seeing the whole series and seeing the end and how it ended I'm like I absolutely do not want any more of this I love the ambiguous ending I, I love the way it ended it feels very much like a contained story and I don't need any more I don't want any more I'm glad we're not getting any more. I enjoyed the hell out of what we got. Yeah, 
doesn't mean I need more of it. Sometimes a little bit is just just right. We don't need more. And that's what uh, Watchmen was. It's so It's so good. It's so good. And it gave me newfound faith in HBO again. But then I watched like the half or maybe a little more of the first episode of His Dark Materials on HBO. And I was like, this just is not working for me. And maybe I just don't give a shit about the whole Golden Compass story or something. But it was just like, ugh. This is so serious and the writing is not good. But, uh, yeah. That's it, uh, TV-wise. I have been making my way through the original Ninja Turtle series. And it's a... It's an inquired taste. I don't think that show holds up all that well, which I may have talked about on the podcast before, but definitely a lot of nostalgia there at play for me and my enjoyment of it. It's weird, the episodes where one of the main voice actors isn't there doing the voice, so there are a few cases where Rob Paulson isn't there to do the voice of Raph, and in almost every case where there's a replacement for an episode here and there, the replacement doesn't sound like another professional voice actor but just like hey we got we got bob from accounting to do the voice because rob wasn't here so we figured you know bob rob it'd probably be as good and he it's fucking terrible it is so bad i hate it i wish they would have just made him a mute in those cases or some shit or just recycled bits of dialogue from past episodes uh, whenever that's the case but it's a very rare thing so it's not a big deal but uh, I'm almost through the third season, which I feel like is the, the season that has a lot of the most memorable episodes. Or at least I, I, I've seen quite a few from this one where I remember them from when I was a kid. Like when April O'Neil trades places with this princess and their dress and the necklace and all that. And I have these vivid memories of watching that when I was a kid. I think it's also because... The show started in 87, I think. And the third season would be in the 90s, which is probably around the time when I would have started watching it and remembered my watching of it because I would have been four years old then. So that could be the case too, why that one resonates with me so much is because that that would be the first season I remember watching. Yeah, that's that's it watching-wise. After I finish... The Prisoner, I might start TNG or watch a few movies or maybe I'll find something else to watch, who knows. But uh, I've got nothing in my queue. But uh, speaking of queues, I, I played a few games. Okay. Uh, and the, the first one is Way of the Hunter. Uh, I am a... I, I don't know if I'd say I'm a big fan of hunting games. But I do enjoy them quite a bit as someone who doesn't hunt in real life. I don't I don't like the act of hunting, if not in cases where you are going to be using all of the animal you kill or in the other cases of population control. So there'll be moments where, say in Illinois where I live, there are just there are just too many deer. There's just there's so many fucking deer. They're all over the place. They're fucking running rampart rampart. And they're just like, ugh, they're all over downtown. They're fucking hanging out by the fucking bean. And it's just like, oh my God, somebody kill some of these deer. There's just too many of them. 
that that's never happened by the bean just in case you were wondering but um th those instances fine but just hunting for sports and especially big game hunting hunting endangered animals fuck that shit elephants big cats of any kind but tigers especially because tigers are my favorite animal in the whole wide world but people who do that and enjoy that can go fuck themselves you hunt a tiger i think you should get the death penalty no cap i don't even like the death penalty for killing a human or anything i'm not really, really into the death penalty at all but you know what you kill a cat a big cat a tiger Fuck you, never mind. You go to fucking hell, burn in a fucking fire, execution via witch burning. But, you know, not just witch burning because, you know, witch burning or warlock burning. Warlock's the, the term for a male witch, right? Where's, where's the non binary witch thing? Magic person? Is that what you just say? You're a magician? <laughs> but uh yeah so way the hunter is a brand new hunting game from i believe thq nordic and this game i was i was pretty excited about because i do like what is it called the wild the, the hunter called the wild i'm a fan of that but it is very 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 simmy that game is super simmy there are instances where I play that game for hours and I never ran into an animal. I keep chasing one, but then maybe they'd get my scent or some other crap. And I was just like, oh my God, I, I, I like being here, but please let me find an animal. I don't even, I don't need to shoot it. I just want to see it. And I went into Wave the Hunter hoping that it would be at least a little bit more accessible. And that is the case, but it is still lacking in the truly fully accessible ways i was hoping for and that it still is a bit simmy there are no difficulty options there aren't many accessibility options either but it is easier to get in and find animals there aren't as many systems that you have to worry about i don't believe scent for instance comes into play so i don't think you have to worry about the direction of the wind and your scent and making sure you mask it so that enemies, uh, enemies, that animals don't smell you and then run off because of just that alone. So there are uh, examples of that or, or stuff like that where the game is a little easier and more casual friendly. But it, it still requires you to take your time when going after uh, an animal and not just rushing at them you can't just sprint at an animal that you see they will get spooked and they'll run away and they'll make the distance between you quite significant and then you know you gotta do your whole checking trekking after them uh, again there is a hunter sense which allows you to see animal tracks that will highlight them or blood uh animal poo there's a lot of poo man i i found so much shit. The problem with the game, so you can also drive in it. You get your little vehicle, and there's fast travel right away. You can fast travel between a few points, but not that many. You can't fast travel between the different uh, standing, not standing, but the little like towers that you can just hang out and wait for animals to come by. If maybe you not set traps, but you create scents and stuff to try and lure animals 
but there are issues with it. You can see uh, various technical things in that visually there is quite a bit of texture pop in and object pop in, just general pop in, uh, which can be frustrating to look at. It, it runs well enough, but that pop in is very, very distracting at times, uh, especially when you're driving in the car you're moving a lot faster so you see it a lot more frequently and it's a lot more drastic and it's a lot more noticeable but when you're on foot it's not as big of a problem and the the shooting like it, it mechanically feels pretty all right you, you can't adjust the controls which is sad the, re the real problem with the game though is that hunter sense is kind of uh, important uh, in order to better and easierly, easily, yeah, easily uh, track animals, and after you get a shot, track them, track their blood. Uh, if they didn't fall right away, um, and Hunter Sense just seems very, very limited at this point, and hard to use, and in some cases, it, it feels borderline useless i at one point got a pretty good shot on a moose i believe it was and i had a new person in my stream chat who was an actual hunter and when i shot i'm like i'm pretty sure that was a, a good shot like a nice clean shot and then they're like yeah yeah that was that looked good on my end and i went to where i shot it found their blood and tried to follow the blood trail to them. Like maybe they survived and got away. But based on where I shot them and how clean and everything about the shot was, I'm pretty sure they they had to have died eventually. They had to have bled out. But I was unable to follow this blood trail to any animal of any kind. And even when trying to follow the blood trail, there was a lot more shit than blood. I found so much fucking shit. That was the one thing that Hunter Sense was always good at. It should just be called Poo Poo Sense because the one thing that you're guaranteed to find when using that ability is a lot of fucking poo poo. Just all over the place. I, I don't... I think there's an excess of poo and the opposite of blood in this game because there are cases where it's just like, Here's some shit, like a big pile of shit, and then five feet in front of it, another giant pile of shit. Five more feet, more shit. Keep it, keep it going. Five more feet, you got shit, shit, shit. It was just like, man, I must have literally scared the shit out of this animal because they just kept fucking shitting all over the place. Um, so I think there, there's a solid foundation there but the hunter sense requires some fine tuning needs to be expanded upon the ability needs to be increased and, and better able to be used but the core gameplay feels pretty good driving feels good you can, you can do third person or first person driving but I would recommend third person because when you're inside the vehicle it does 
muffle the audio a bit and the windshield is dirty-ish and there are no windshield wipers so you're just going to be looking at the game with a little dirty filter on it the drive feels good you can you know drive wherever you want and then fast travel back to the home and the vehicle won't fast travel with you but if you just go into your little office space and then you, you can change between three vehicles on the fly. You, you have them all available to you right away. You don't have to pay for one like or anything of that ilk. But if you if you change them, if you switch to one and then switch back to the one you like, then they'll just respawn back at home base. So that's a little pro tip for you. But the other weird thing about this game that I did not know when I went into it is that it's it's a story-driven hunting game. There's a story at play that revolves around you and your relationship with your grandfather, who was a, an avid hunter, and I believe it's his lodge that you're at. Your mother was a big-time hunter, but I guess she died. She might have had an illness, I can't remember. And your stepfather's very against you hunting, and he seemed like a kind of a jackass. Uh, and there's just some weird emails you read, like you, re you read one of your grandfather's private emails, and your, your, your father, your stepfather, is scolding him and telling him not to let you hunt and keeping you away from it's, there's plenty of voice acting sections and there was this long motion comic uh, motion comic cutscene bit that was like over five minutes I was like what is this game I, I was not expecting any kind of narrative any kind of any kind of story in my hunting game but there was there was so you know it's all right it's all right. It's it's more accessible. There's co-op as well. I didn't get to try that. I'm I'm curious if there's friendly fire because it could be fun in creating your own little hunting game of hunting each other, hard target like where you don't have a knife in the game or anything, but the one person has to try and sneak up on you without you knowing while you try and hunt them as the hunter with a gun. That could be fun. You don't. I mean, you, there doesn't need to be friendly fire for that to happen. But I, I like hunting games because I find them to be a relatively tranquil, peaceful, calming experience. I like just being in these relatively beautiful open world forests and occasionally seeing an animal and maybe trying to hunt them, trying to, you know, track them and all that. It's just, I find them, if I'm looking for a nice peaceful experience, that they, they are, are good for that. And the game has the typical things of being more of an open world type of hunting thing where in the same way as like Call of the Wild, where you have a store where you can purchase new weapons and ammunition, scopes, a few tools, and all that. But it's it's more limited than Call of the Wild. But then Call of the Wild has been out for a very long time, so there have been plenty of DLC packs that have come out. So base Call of the Wild, I can't, I don't even remember what that was like. So it's hard to compare the two, but I think there's a there's a solid foundation in Way the Hunter, and uh, if you if you want some story in your hunting game, and you want something that's a little bit more casual friendly, the, a game where you'll run in animals more frequently, give it a go, give it give it a, give it a look see. But then the Pizza Boy, Pizza the Pizza Delivery Boy who saved the world, is a visual novel that's semi autobiographical. Uh, about a pizza delivery boy who saved the world 
when time travel comes into play, that's when I was like, oh, <laughs> this is why it's, it's semi. I'm like, why is this semi autobiographical again? Oh, yeah, because there's time travel. Because there's a point where a dude who looks just like my dude arrives, but he has hair. And my guy had a buzz cut. I was like, is this the was this they they had such a limited budget, like so few people to get to work with them that the the dude who's playing the main dude had to play a customer too. I was like, huh? Okay. And I guess that's that's what's happening. But I don't need to speak too much on this game. It's fucking horrible. The writing's horrible. The visuals are horrible. The pizza that we see in the game looks horrible. It does not look delectable at all. It's just a very, very dumb, stupid fucking... Yeah, it's like... No one needs to waste their time with this thing. I I, I did not have... I... We all know I'm not a huge visual novel fan. This made me... Or, or gave me a newfound respect for every other visual novel I've ever played. Because this was just so bad. This is so bad. This is just like... This to me, what this is, what the pizza delivery boy who saved the world is, it is the shining example of everything wrong with the visual novel genre, and that it is just this fucking thing that, you know, anyone can make a game because visual novels exist. And does is that a good thing? Is that a good thing? And you know what I'd say? No, it's not a good thing. We nobody needs this fucking thing. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, fine. It's okay. Make your game. But I mean, like, it's just, there's nothing to get out of this. There's nothing. Outside of just being like, <laughs> this is like, potentially so bad it's good for some people. To me, it was just so bad. I, I, I didn't want to keep reading this. If it had uh, some really bad voice I can go with it and I didn't have to read it, I could just listen. I'd be way more inclined to recommend it as the here's a here's a thing you can fucking play and then last though is uh curse to golf which i was very excited about because i am a big fan of golf and i like golf mechanics and a game that takes golf mechanics more arcadey side scrolly miniature golf type of things that you see in a lot of mobile games or smaller games where you build the meter the power meter and then the angle of the shot and then you hit it and you know you're trying to get to the hole i like all that throwing that into other genres mixing and mashing it with other genres etc is something i'm here for and i've heard nothing but great things about this going in and that might have been part of the problem i heard some very very high praise for this uh and when i played it i initially was drawn in because it's got a great look the art is fantastic more so than that, the music. This may be the best soundtrack I've heard all year uh, in terms of new games. It's very, very, very good. One track in particular was very, 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 very good and had a little bit of it, a little section that was Castlevania-ish. It's all very, very well put together. And the story is you're a great golfer who gets struck by lightning on the 18th hole of something and you get sent down to golf purgatory you see your eye crash through various layers of the earth and end up at the bottom floor of golf purgatory and what you need to do is complete all 18 holes under par 
or at par in order to get back to the service and reclaim your life. That is the story of it. You got your Scottish wise old golfer ghost who is guiding you and tells you how everything works. And then you start playing the game. And I think the problem with the game ultimately is that it's a roguelike. And I did not realize that going in. That whole aspect of it, I think, like, I love rogue games in general, but it it can so easily take away from a game and hinder it because of the way it's set up, or, the, or depending on how it's set up, because so many of the cases where it's random and... I feel like uh, this is all conjecture. This is just me putting out what I think is the case. But in many cases, I think Rogue is a crux that indie developers fall back on because they're looking at it as, one, a popular genre, but also a means of elongating a game's life and giving it this replayable aspect and, and making it so that people feel comfortable shelling out 20 15 25 bucks whatever it is for a game from a smaller studio uh, and feel like they're getting their money's worth instead of just being able to provide a really strong two to four hour experience that i think is is more than worth that same price tag so with that i i think a lot of indie games end up losing a lot of their charm their, their attempt their their ability to have charm and personality because when the levels etc and a lot of the game is based about based around uh is randomly generated it, it feels very hollow uh, in many senses and that's kind of the case with curse of golf i think uh, uh i'm not sure if the levels are randomly generated or if there are a lot of pre-built ones and they're just the way they're doled out so you, you might get this level as the first hole in your run or the 13th hole in this other run etc i don't know if that's how it works but the levels don't feel that interesting i don't like the it, when playing through the levels during my time of the game, it felt very much like, okay, I see the pieces, the various pieces you use to put these levels together, and I see how they've been used to put these levels together, but it's not super exciting. It's not super interesting. It doesn't feel handcrafted. It doesn't feel particularly well-crafted. It just feels very generic, standard. Okay, this is fine. And... I think that's because of the rogue aspect of it. And it's very Slay the Spirey where when you're starting to run, you'll start at a hole and then there'll be a branching path and you can go to either like the left or the right path. One will take you to the shop and then another hole. One will take you to like a treasure and then some other kind of thing and then maybe a boss hole. And then you get back to a meeting point and then you'll you'll have some more branching paths, et cetera, until you, you reach the boss. I just did not click with the gameplay. Feels fine. There are things I don't like about it. You can't zoom that far out. So there are plenty of instances where 
you can't see exactly where your ball is going to go because you can only see the like the arc of it and you can before a shot go into this a not ace i like it like an eagle eye thing I, I forget the term in the game but you can before starting your shot see the entire hole and so you can look all around it and see what you want to do next how you want to play the hole in its entirety but also just how you want to play your next shot you can nudge the camera in all directions to get somewhat of a better idea of where you're going to be shooting but there are plenty of instances where i know where i i, I want to shoot the ball or where, or where i want to at least land the ball but i am unable to see it because i can't zoom far out enough and when i'm starting my shot i can't go into that eagle eye mode that was very very frustrating and that might be there to increase the challenge to add to the challenge whatever the reasoning i don't like it i want to be able to see more of the the space when i'm taking my shot i want to be able to at least zoom out enough so that i can see not just the initial trajectory of my shot but the entire path of it you can't do that fucking annoying but then the the mechanics you know they they work fine it's just when I stopped playing it and was thinking back on it, I thought to myself, I, I like world games, but what I would really rather have from this is a really fun, well-written story and 18 handcrafted levels that are all very, very unique from one another that are incredibly intricate, that are super interesting, and sure... Maybe, you know, I don't need to be reset. Like, just give me checkpoints and, you know, I'll restart from where I left off. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have to restart from the very, very beginning because that's that's what this this is a run-based roguelike. You, if you got to, like, the whole, the 17th hole and you fucked up, you're going all the way back to the beginning. Um, but I would much rather have it be where every hole feels very, very distinct and very, very unique. Like a great novelty miniature golf course where everything is its own theme and it's very unique and set up in its own specific way where each and every hole is memorable that's not the case here uh, because of its rogue nature because of the fact that these levels are either randomly generated or we get a handful of pre-built ones and they're just delivered uh, in different orders between each run there's not a lot of life there. It just feels very stale. It feels very, oh, okay, you know, eh. you know. It just it, it loses a lot because of the rogue aspect, and I think that is the case with many rogue likes out there. Where, in exchange for adding replayability, they lose a lot in the personality department, and there aren't. There aren't many games that are able to have that that run based side, that randomization and and succeed, you know. Slay the Spire is not just one of many great rogue likes. Uh it, it's it's more so the exception. It, it's it's and I think Part of it is true that people look at those games, how popular they are, how good they are, and they want to get a piece of that pie. And it's not as easy. It, it, 
it's clear at this point that games like Slay the Spire are truly special. And all these various games that try and get a piece of that pie are like, eh, close but no cigar. Close but no cigar. You just made a generic apple pie that's in the clearance rack at your local grocery store. And that that's, you know, that's Curse of Golf to me, which is, it's disappointing. It's disappointing. I was very, very excited about it. And as it stands right now, I don't, I don't think I'm going to stick with it, but I will 100% if the soundtrack is available on Bandcamp, I will buy that right away. I'll buy it today. But um, that's it in terms of what I've been playing. So before I wrap things up, we got the singular Patreon question. So let's let's get to that. Uh, and it's from, uh, as always, the, the wonderful Jedi. So Jedi asks, when you are about to travel to Japan, will you take oatmeal with you or will you hit up a Japanese supermarket to try a local version if they even have oatmeal in Japan? I got two answers for this. One, uh, when I get around to going to Japan, it's still a long ways off because I, I want to learn the language first before doing that. And that seems like it's further away than it was before. So... In, in actuality, I don't think I'm ever going to end up going to Japan, sadly. Uh, I'm not, I'm not like ruling it out or anything or giving up entirely, but it just feels like it's so much further away than it was pre-pandemic and pre... Last, was it last year where like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finally do this? You know, I, I bought that textbook thing. I, I got an app. I like, I've got the pieces. I've, I've, got, I've got stuff here. It's just the act of actually doing it all. But um, the second part of the question is that whenever I travel, I always take home meal with me. No joke. I, I, I can buy it in stores elsewhere, but I'd rather just be like, okay, I, I have my oatmeal here. I know how many packets I need for the entire trip. So, you know, I, I'm able to Make sure that I have enough for the whole thing. I bring my bowl with me as well. You know, I'm not going to need some other bowl. So I bring my bowl. I bring my oatmeal. I bring everything I need to have my oatmeal wherever I go. Because it is very, very important to me that I have my oatmeal. I have to make sure. I think these days pretty much every hotel room is going to have a microwave in it. But if it doesn't, that's a, like, that is the one necessity I need in my hotel room when traveling. I don't really travel much. But when I do... You better believe that fucking room's gonna have a, <laughs> a microwave. But um Yeah. There you go. Uh when going to Japan, whenever that is, I will one hundred percent be bringing oatmeal with me. Because I believe they have it there. I I don't know if you can get it in an actual store. They probably have stores where you can Get just the regular Quaker oatmeal packets and, and whatnot. But I feel like it might be more of a... You order via Amazon Japan and get it that way. I don't think it's cheap. But then again, pretty much everything in Japan isn't cheap. That's, that's the one thing about Japan that makes it less desirable of a place to visit. is just how expensive it is. So that also adds to me being like, uh, it's going to be a while until that happens. Um, but yeah, 
I will 100% whenever that day comes, if that day comes, the oatmeal will be coming with me. No cap. For sure, baby. But, uh, yeah, that is going to do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. I am again, of course, Mark Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you are watching the video version of this on the YouTubes, of course, don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the bell and all that jazz. If you haven't already, it is greatly appreciated. It does help and it means a whole hell of a lot. Uh, but only do it if you do, in fact, like the show and you, you want more of this stuff and you, you want all this stuff. Uh, I am streaming on the YouTube. That is the home of my streaming. So that is also where you can find that. All the videos are public too now so that it's easily findable and search and all that jazz. And you can also just check them out in the stream archive playlist if you'd like to. If, you, if you're not able to ever make it live, I don't have a specific schedule. So I just kind of randomly stream here and there. So there's... There's no idea. Uh, if you don't hit the bell and make sure notifications are something you get notified about, you'll never know when I'm live. Uh, there's also the Discord and all that. And just in general, all the links of import can be found over at pixelatedsausage.com slash PXS. This podcast is also available in audio form, of course, which is how most people consume it. But you can, you can do that as well um, on all the platforms. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, the weird, weird tongue action right there. But uh, yeah, if you enjoy this here show and any of the other things I do and what have you, you can go over to patreon.com slash PXS and support me and my nonsense that away. You'll also be able to ask me questions that I'll answer here on the show. You get one each episode. People fucking wasted their, their questions this this time, so many unanswered questions because nobody asked them. But uh, if you'd like to ask a question, you can do that. Uh, or if you just want to support me, you can do that. So uh, you don't have to. But it is uh, very, very appreciated to all who are willing to do that uh, uh, at any amount. A dollar a month means a whole hell of a lot more than you might expect. And it only requires a dollar a month to ask me two questions each week of any kind of stupid like I will answer whatever the hell you say just fucking join the patron and you fucking make me answer whatever dumb crap you want want to ask me stupid things about anime and crap whatever man whatever man but uh yeah that is it that is all so as always I Hope you enjoyed this here episode. Uh, what? Yeah, I still like, I've, I, for whatever reason, I completely forgot how to end this thing. But, uh, as always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Bye! I think that was generally right. Bye! Bye. <laughs> <laughs>